Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Calvary Assembly of God. Very happy to see you all today. And um, I'd like to sing Victory in Jesus. And so let's go to, to page 355 in your hymn books if you would like to turn. But our um, great friends, uh, Mr. Thomas, he is going to be helping us with lyrics on the wall as well. So um, first, let's, let's open in prayer, okay? Jesus, we love you. We are so happy to be in your presence today, Lord. We want to bless you. We want to glorify you today, Jesus. We just surrender our hearts to you right now. We want to hear what you have to tell us today and what you want to teach us. Lord, we ask you that our hearts would be a good ground to receive your word, that um, it would not be choked out, but it would be received in our hearts and change our lives today. In Jesus' name, thank you for speaking to us today. Amen, amen. Let, why don't y'all stand up with me? Let's sing victory in Jesus. In F. Praise the Lord. I heard an old, old story. How a Savior came from glory. How he made the land to Calvary to save a wretch like me.
Thank you, Lord, for seeking us. Hallelujah. And buying us with your blood. Hallelujah, Jesus. What a great, great song. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's do There's Power in the Blood.
worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. When I was a kid, I, I thought some of those songs were for unsaved people, like in camp meetings. But now I know I need the cleansing power, even though I've been saved for 40 whatever years. And we need his power. We need his cleansing. We need to, um, to repent and get our right thinking on a weekly basis, if not daily basis. Amen. Seems like we've still got an enemy. I don't know about you <laughs> trying to take us down, but we know the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. There is no one like you, Jesus. No, no. Hallelujah, Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Well, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Oh, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Well, there is power in the name of Jesus. Well, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Oh, to break every chain.
you tell him about it. Tell him what that thing is that's been troubling you. And let's agree for our church body that the chains of sickness would fall off in Jesus' name. That the chains of, of this sickness that has maybe they're, they're easy things in our mind, but they keep hanging on. And that is not of the Lord. And we command those chains to be broken in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus, that we can ask boldly and ask largely. And we can see the words come and be manifest. We can eat the fruit of our words. Thank you, Jesus. We speak healing. We speak wholeness. We speak deliverance over this church body in Jesus' name. We're an army. And the enemy wants to take us out, but we, our weapons are not carnal. <laughs> They're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, we ask you for deliverance and, and a calmness and peace for our bodies in Jesus' name, that lungs would be clear, minds would be clear, spirits would be forgiven in Jesus' name. We thank you for deliverance of every kind. Praise you, Lord. Because there's an army rising up oh we're an army rising up yeah oh we're an army rising up come on and sing it on a break every chain break every chain break every chain on a break every chain break every chain Amen. Glory to God. Lord, we're not going to keep it to ourselves. <laughs> ah, that would be a sin. Come on now. That those of us who have walked in such deliverance and freedom to keep it to ourselves, that that's that's not going to please our savior. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. What a wonderful name. Hallelujah, Jesus.
He's the way. 
into their lives and say, you can do it. Look what I made it through. You can do it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. And Jesus, with him, all things are possible. You're going to make it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Yes, we love you, Jesus. How great is your mercy. How great is your mercy, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We know obedience is of crucial importance, amen? He asks us to do things, and we should do them. Thank you, Lord. You're with us when we do the uncomfortable thing, Lord. You're with us when we talk to people, and it makes us uncomfortable. But you, and eternity, eternity matters. And we thank you, Jesus, that when you ask us, Lord, we're going to say yes. Just say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself Give my 
wonderful to see everyone here and so many that we were praying for last week and you're back and we're so thankful for that the Lord is good there is nothing that he can't do there is nothing that he won't help you with if you let him if you ask him if you turn it over to him um, I, I was thinking this morning about a, a book I read a while back I think the name of it was the encourager I'm still, the jury's still out in my mind about, you know, who wrote, you know, what they thought, what they were thinking when they wrote the book. But there's a, a figure that seems to be like a, a theophany, a, a, a God figure in the book that's helping a lot of different people. And at one point, the, the guy that needs the most help, he, he starts out to be homeless and, and jobless and hopeless and, and, you know, just really a mess. But at one point, he's talking with this man, and they're, they're cutting through a, the property of a hotel, and they're walking by uh, this pool, and the older man, who's the encourager, pushes him in the pool for no reason. And he comes up mad as everything. And he's like, what in the world did you do that to me for? I didn't deserve that. You're supposed to be helping me. And the man said to him, how are you going to respond to that? Are you going to respond with anger and injustice, and you're going to let it ruin your whole day? Or are you going to realize that in life you are going to get pushed in the pool every day? And how you come up responding to that will make the difference in your life. And you know that meant a lot to me because I thought, really, God? It's not just me? <laughs> I'm not the only one getting pushed in the pool every day. Other people are having that happen to them too. I'm telling you, in this life, we go through stuff. Remember when Daniel got pushed in the pool and he ended up being part of one of the most amazing stories that you can read in the Bible about how God closed the, the lion's mouth? If he hadn't gotten pushed in the pool, we wouldn't have that story. And pretty much every story that's in there, somebody got pushed in the pool, but they trusted God. They didn't just come up spitting and hacking and saying, what did you do that to me for? How dare you? And sometimes that's our reaction to God. We think that he's the one that pushed us in the pool. And we're like, God, why are you pushing me in the pool every day? And he isn't, number one. But number two, if he allows you to get pushed in the pool, you can trust him to help you out and dry you off and keep walking the rest of the way with you in this life. This is the only time while we're alive, this is our season, this is our life, it's our time in history. It's the only time that we have to show that we trust God and to walk with him and trust him no matter what happens. And if stuff keeps happening, to keep trusting. 
And if it doesn't turn out the way that you wanted it to, to keep trusting and keep walking and, and stand. And the Bible says when you've done all to stand, what? Stand. If that doesn't tell you something, there's going to be times that you've done everything you know to stand. So just keep standing. If, it, if it's still not, if the trial isn't over yet, just keep standing. Keep on, keeping on. Walk every day with him in full trust, knowing that no matter what it looks like to you or anybody else, he's got this if you've given it to him. The only way he doesn't have it is if you won't let go of it and give it to him and trust him no matter what. I want you to stand with me this morning. We're going to pray for every need. We're going to pray that the Lord will invade your space and that when you get pushed in the pool, that not only will he help you out and dry you off, but he'll help you to not feel like your life is the, is the worst life on the planet and that everybody's mean to you and everybody else has it good. We need to know that. We need to know that. I need to know I'm not alone. I need to know that, that actually I could be an inspiration to somebody else if I don't come up mad and spitting and giving up. I'll tell you, some of you have been a great inspiration to my life when I've seen the things you've gone through with a smile on your face and a testimony of trust in the Lord you have been a great inspiration to my life, and I want to be that too. Do you? I know you do. All of you do. I know you do. You love the Lord. You want to be that inspiration. You want to be that person that speaks healing, that speaks encouragement, that goes the extra mile, and even though you don't deserve it, you haven't done anything to have to deal with this particular problem that somebody else caused, you're willing to be the person to bear somebody else's burden. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's what Jesus wants us to do. That's what he did. He went about this world doing good when he was alive. He solved other people's problems, not just when they weren't deserved, but when they were deserved. If you've got a problem that you're not praying about and trusting God because you feel like you deserve it, that is not a good reason. That does not disqualify you from God's help. Trust me, I know. We all deserve the bad stuff sometimes. We all deserve unforgiveness sometimes. We deserve to stew in our own broth sometimes. But that's, God doesn't leave us there because of that, because we deserve it. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. If you have given him your heart and your life, even if you've made mistakes that you knew better, you can ask him for forgiveness and get out of the broth in Jesus' name. Father, we bring it all to you this morning. We bring our lives and our problems and our broken hearts and our unforgiveness for other people who have pushed us in the pool. And we, we acknowledge that we've pushed other people in the pool. And we're sorry for that. And we ask you, Lord, to meet every need represented here this morning and by those that are watching. 
We declare healing because you paid the price for our healing. We declare salvation because you paid the price for our salvation. It's paid for. There's nothing left for us to do but ask for it. And then to follow you and then to obey you and then to walk it out with you every day and to trust you. Lord, I declare that in this place there will be newness of life. There will be salvation. There will be doors open. There will be things that we will understand that we haven't understood before, and there'll be life-changing things. I declare newness of life over this entire congregation and everyone watching in Jesus' name. And all you have to do is receive it. Just say it, people. I receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you, Lord, for giving us newness of life and that your mercies are new every morning like your word says. We ask you, Lord, to anoint our pastor as he comes to speak to us this morning. Anoint our ears and our hearts to hear and to let you do a work in us, Lord. I pray that you'll be with the children, Lord, as we go into children's church, that you would touch their hearts and that their lives would be sealed for you in Jesus' name. We thank you for it all, Lord, and we praise you and we honor you. It's all about you. We love you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Oh, and I have an announcement. You may be seated, I think. You may be seated. So the announcement is, we made it last week, but I want to remind you that next week will be our first potluck back since we stopped doing the potlucks at the, on the last Sunday of every month. And we have the sign-up sheet, so that's going to go around today. Please help us by making your favorite dish and something to, you know, to share with everyone. So God bless you. We're going to get that started right now. Mercy is um, doing that right now. God bless everybody. Ken, would you come and give us our missions report? Good morning. It's an honor to be here to represent the missions committee this morning. Our uh, missionary of the month is Neil Ruda, and he has a very special kind of ministry in that he is recruits missionaries, uh, candidates, and brings them into you know, training and into service where lifelong uh, ministries around the world uh, come as a result of that. I'd like to uh, share his uh, one of his recent newsletters with you just to show how successful this is. One of the most rewarding things I do is to help people interested in missions find a place to serve. In the same way veteran missionaries in invested in my life as a young man, I strongly believe that God wants me to do the same for the next generation. Here are two young men that I am working with in this fashion. Nicholas is a young man who spent several years on the mission field as a child and now senses God is drawing him back to missions. This time to use his media and graphic skills to assist one of our international ministries. It's interesting to note that not all missionaries are preachers. Just kind of keep that in the back of your head. 
After numerous emails, phone calls, and texts, and Zooms, we explored the potential places to serve. He is now with the application process to ultimately serve as a missionary associate with us. Justin is another yo uh, young man with a connection to missions. He has served with a parachurch organization and wants to have greater covering from an established missions agency. Who better than the Assemblies of God World's missions? Justin and I are narrowing down his choices from several ministries that he can use his bilingual capabilities and translation skills. Uh, last month, Kelly walked the line at Evangel University, moving on to the next story, uh, to receive her bachelor's degree in criminal justice with a minor in social sciences. It has been exciting and fulfilling to watch her develop into a caring, considerate, and confident young lady. She is interning this summer with Project Rescue, an anti-human trafficking nonprofit organization, and is in the process of narrowing down her choices of law schools to apply. Her goal is ultimately to help prosecute human traffickers. Isn't it interesting, of, of all these three potential missionaries, not a single one is a preacher. I, I think it's important that we kind of remember that the fivefold ministry of the church, of the leadership of the church, is to equip the saints, you and me, to do the work of the ministry. And that's a, it's an important thing for all of us to remember. This was a, a, a newsletter from Neil that he put out, but I would also like to share a special note that he sent specifically to you folks. Dear Pastor Kalinda and congregation, Thank you for your special birthday offering last month. I appreciate your thoughtfulness and kindness. Together we are impacting the kingdom. I hope you were, uh, I'm glad you're partnering with us together. Blessings, Neil Ruda. That gives us an opportunity to uh, share with you something that the missions committee has recently started uh, it, because of your generous contributions. And that is we are now sending out a month, or a birthday gift in addition to our regular monthly support to a missionary who has a uh, birthday or anniversary in a given month. Just like we honor our, our church folks by putting their names on the wall, we honor our missionaries by sending them a card and a, and a greeting uh, and a check. I also would like to take the opportunity to thank you for your generous um, gifts this year. Usually we give the, uh, the announce the amount for the month, but since this is uh, just after the close of the year, I get to tell you that for the whole year of 2022, your giving amounted to $18,274. Thank you for following God. <laughs> and one last item, I just wanted to let you know there are a couple of vacancies on the... Uh, in the missions committee. So if you have a heart to pray for the missions, missionaries around the world, we would invite you to join us. Uh, it's not a big time commitment. We usually meet for about 45 minutes every other month. Uh, so please, uh, when you see the announcements on the wall, we'd be happy to have you join us at our next meeting. I don't know if you can tell this, but this missionary committee likes to get to know every one of those missionaries on the wall. They spend time getting to know them, writing letters to them, sending them gifts. 
And so for us that aren't part of that, when we hear this, I don't know if you're, if you're enthused about it, bored by it, or what, but I want you to catch the, f the flavor of how these people take these, th they're not just pictures on the wall, they're friends of theirs. And they like to be involved in their life, their children's lives, their graduations, their birthdays. And that's important. Don't you think so? It's, it's important to get to know these people one-on-one. -on -one. So if you want to join that missions committee, I encourage you to do that. Ken's uh, sitting in the back. How many people are on the missions committee? Can you wave your hand? So put them up high. If you run into any one of these people and you would like to be on the committee, ask them and they'll, it's, it's a difficult thing to join. You have to go through the rickets and everything. I'm just kidding you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you happy? Let's make a declaration. You got something in your hand you can lay on, lay your hand on, and let's make a declaration in Jesus' name. As we receive today's offering, I'm believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, for raises and bonuses, for benefits, and salaries and commissions, for favorable settlements, for estates and inheritances, for interest and income, rebates, returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease and blessings increase. Thank you, Lord for meeting all of my financial needs, that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Would you come and give? And this is here to collect all the loose change jingling in your pockets, and we put that to our building fund. All right? So bless you as you come and give to the Lord today. In Jesus' name. Turn me around How he placed my feet On solid ground Oh, it makes me Want to shout Hallelujah Thank you, Jesus Lord, you're worthy Of all of the glory And all of the honor And all of the praise Oh, it makes me Want to shout Hallelujah Thank you, Jesus for a second leave that screen up for a second sometimes um, I don't know if you're aware of this but uh, the church pays a subscription every month for anybody who wants to to access this media source it's kind of like a Christian what would you call it Netflix or something like that it's well I know I'm just trying to find something to relate it to 
but it's it's better than something like that. There are all kinds of videos on there for for everything from children to adults, from you know children's ministries to college courses and entertainment and everything in between. And it's free to you. You can access it. It doesn't cost you a dime. If you take a picture of that screen, you can either do it on your phone or you can do it on your computer. It'll show you how to get there. And I'll tell you a little secret if you promise not to tell anybody else. All right? You can even invite your friends and family that don't come to church here, and you can give them the password. All right? But don't, but don't tell too many people that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just let as many people as you want know about that and check it out. You, it, it'll take you a ton of time because there's so much stuff on there. You'll stay busy for hours and hours. So anyway, a lot of times I don't mention that. It's just in the bulletin and we kind of forget about it. But it's a resource that we want to we want to present to you. All right. So if you did you every everybody get your offering in? If not, Lizzie will come and deliver it for you. Right, Lizzie? She's been, uh, I saw she was delivering s the stuff. So let's pray over this, and let's release God's provision to us in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for health and for strength. Thank you for the resources that you give us and the blessings that you fill us with. And now we take a portion of what you've given us, converted our life, converted into a tangible resource of trade, We've given these offerings now unto you. We consecrate them. We sanctify them and set them apart for your service. Bless, I pray, each and every one who has given today that their needs be met according to your riches and glory. The windows of heaven opened up and bountiful return in Jesus' name according to your word, not according to my word, but according to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. It was really nice seeing all the kids come up here today. Wasn't there a nice group of kids? Um, Liz is telling me that children's church is growing, and that's a great thing. I don't know where they're coming from, but it's great that they're coming. So we're going to dismiss the children right now and let them move into the next room. And we bless them. We bless them in Jesus' name. feel like I'm leaving something out, and I hope it's not something important. I'm excited about the, it's not a potluck, people. It's a covered dish dinner. People are uh, saying, don't talk about potluck. We don't believe in luck. And I agree. That's true. It's a covered dish dinner. You know what the root word of luck is, don't you? You don't know what the root word of luck is? It comes from the word Lucifer. So you, that's probably why we don't like to say good luck to people. We don't want to wish that on anybody, do we? You, do you know that um, a lot of theologians have, in their research, uh, come up with the fact that it was actually on a, uh, on a Friday, the 13th, that Jesus died on the cross. And so... That's been bad luck for the devil ever since. See, so that's that's why he likes to say the third. You know, we listen. Every time I see a crack on a sidewalk, I step on it. 
And if I see a mirror, all I got to do is look at it. No, I'm just kidding you. But we don't believe in that stuff, all right? Hey, listen, the one that's in us is greater than he that's in the world. So you don't need to be afraid of the devil. You have already won. You are, you are, we are going from glory to glory, from victory to victory. Amen? Now, that was free. All right. I'm just kidding around. I like to kid around. Is that all right with you? I just have like having a good time. I have to control myself so I don't get carried away. But let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your goodness and your mercy, how that every day you give us brand new mercy. I thank you for that. I thank you for the gift of your son. You came in the flesh, the word made flesh, and you dwelt among us. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the divine sacrifice. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit, who not only gives us power, but leads and guides us into all truth. I thank you for that, Lord. Now, stimulate and activate and, and make my mind and my speech fruitful today, because... I'm speaking to your children who you love so dearly and who you gave your life for. And I feel a great responsibility to make sure that I don't do or say anything that would bring dishonor to your name. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will fortify me with alertness, alertness and free flow of speech to be able to speak your word to your people today in the way that you would want to do it if you were standing here yourself speaking to them. For your anointing to flow through me today, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, isn't that thing annoying? I can't hardly breathe without it blasting me. I'm trying to get it out of the way. Let me get a good breath. There we go. <laughs> Praise God. I want to go with you to the book of John today. <coughs> Those are my notes. I'll put them there in case I need them. I like to write them up so that at least I, if I lose my place, I can go back, but Jesus talking to us from the book of John today. Now, let me just give you a disclaimer. Today could get a little bit boring. If you so you're going to have to you're going to have to think. Did you all have coffee today? Cuz if you missed it, there's a there's a pot in there of decaf and regular. And whoever makes the regular puts a bunch of scoops in it. So it'll pop your eyes open like like Cafe Zinu. How many know what Cafe Zinu is? How many know what espresso is? All right, well, it's kind of like that. So if you need it, now it's not that it's boring, but what I've got to say is really important and powerful, but the tendency is that I'm going to read a lot of Scripture, and I don't, want you to, I don't want you to fade away on me, all right? So if you're near somebody, get your elbow ready to wake them up, all right? But I'm going to read you some scripture, and it's important that you 
stay awake through this and try to try to focus on what Je now Je these are the words of Jesus today all I'm going to say is the red letters all, there'll be a, a couple of that aren't read when I get to the, the book of Philippians but the majority is going to be the words of Jesus today and uh, you understand that the word made flesh when the word speaks you've got to pay attention because these are heavy words that he speaks every single word of Jesus is packed full of meaning so let's go now, and here's my text. I'm going to give you the text first, and then I'll dive into some of this. I want you to pay attention now. Understanding, we all know who Jesus is. At least we think we know who Jesus is, right? In the beginning, this is John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh. Now, the Word was God. It says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. Got that? The word, God, became flesh. So, Jesus himself said, when the disciples said, show us the Father and that'll be sufficient. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So you understand, Jesus is God. All right? In the flesh. The word became flesh. And then Jesus, Jesus went away and he said, it's important that I go. So important that if I don't go, the Holy Spirit won't come. So, I need to go, and the Holy Spirit is going to take my place, and he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit is not a separate entity because you understand the, the Bible says God is a, right? So God is a Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God. So this thing of the Trinity, don't get, you can get confused if you want to, but just believe that there's one God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All right? Now, we understand that when Jesus is talking to us, he's talking to us as God made flesh, and God did something in becoming flesh. And we'll find that out in the book of Philippians in a minute. But when Jesus says something, Jesus isn't just saying something to kind of go, nah, 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 I'm better than you. But what he says is instructive to us. It is him coming not just to die on the cross and become your sin so that we could become his righteousness, but to show you how you can do life. He is the perfect pattern. Remember that song we sang? Well, I don't know how long you've been in church, but he the great example is and pattern for me. Where he leads, I'll follow. You remember that song? He is the great example and a pattern for how we ought to live. So when Jesus is saying something, he's not saying it to toot his own horn or that kind of a thing. He's saying it because he wants you to understand this is how you should do it. So here's my text. Verse number 31 of chapter 5 of John. Now, this amazes me. This is where it all got started when I started to read this and realize it. He said, Jesus said, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. 
I don't know. You need to stop for a second and let that sink in. We live in a we live in a culture currently. I mean, the world has always been this way to one degree or the other, but it seems that in this modern age that we live, the expression of this is quite different than it's been in the past. It used to be in the past that people would try to become rich and famous or take over and become world leaders because they had this desire to, for recognition and power. But now the world has gotten to the place where the common man can become famous and can tweet and toot all over the place about how wonderful and amazing their life is. And now the common man can have his own YouTube channel and be a movie star if they want to. And when you look at people, all they're doing is they're trying to promote themselves because there's this innate desire in human beings to have credibility and to have recognition and to have honor and, and esteem, you know. So everybody's a star, and everybody's got a selfie of themselves. And when you look at these different social media sites, I wonder, what is the point? Because I know some of these people. <coughs> and what they have and posted and, and how they really are are not the same thing. But people have this desire to self-promote. You understand that? And Jesus is saying something here that's quite interesting because he says, if I bear witness about myself, my witness is not true. Now, if something's not true, it is a, okay? So Jesus is saying, if I talk about myself and bear witness of myself, I'm lying to you. Now, that's a pretty big mouthful for Jesus to say, wouldn't you? So if, if Jesus says that if whatever comes out of my mouth is self-promotion, that's a lie, then do you suppose you talking about yourself is any less a lie? Any person that's got to toot their own horn or pat themselves on the back isn't being truthful. I mean... The Son of God can say that. How do you think you can be any different than that? Are you catching what I'm saying here? So a lot of the time, and, and you know it, you know it's true because a lot of the stuff people say about themselves really isn't true because you don't know, you don't know people, right? So I want to use that, that's my text, but now let's back up a little bit and let's go to verse number 19 of the same chapter. Chapter number five, and I'm just going to read for you a little bit. Now, I don't believe that the King James Version was the same one that Jesus used. All right? I, I don't believe that. <coughs> because, because you and I speak English, but I have lots of relatives that speak other languages, and I, I know they don't read this version. But the problem is I just grew up reading this stuff. So it's a preference to me because... I'm comfortable with it, all right? But if you have another version, God bless you. My wife uses a different version. I'm trying to convert her, but, you know. 
so so just bear witness with this old <coughs> this old English from an old man, right? <coughs> verily, verily I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself. Now, the verse I gave you before was pretty pretty deep, but this one's pretty important too. The son, who is the son? The son can do nothing of himself. Wow, if Jesus can't do anything of himself, then uh, kind of no wonder you can't and I can't either, right? Now, not everybody's convinced of that. Some people think they can do everything, right? But as Jesus said, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. So Jesus said, I, I can't do anything except what I see my father do. Well, now, was Jesus walking around having visions all the time of what the Father was doing? Was he looking into the kingdom and he was seeing God do this and then he would imitate? Is that what he did? No, that's not what he did. Jesus became a man. In the, he came, became flesh. And he watched and listened to his Father by watching the ones who were made in the image of the Father and seeing what they were doing, and he could see the manifestation of his father in his father's kids. So he got it from his mother. His mother caused him to reach into a place that wasn't yet his time and pull. You know, Jesus even caught that when he began to pray. He said, kingdom, come. Will of God be done in earth, just like it is in heaven. And then and then he saw a lady one time who caused herself to become so low, so low that she could only reach up to touch the hem of his garment. She was a woman who had an issue of blood for seven years. So according to Jewish law, she was not even supposed to be where she was. She was unclean. She was supposed to either stay at home or be somewhere else, but she snuck into the crowd and didn't let anybody know, and she reduced herself down to a position of lowliness and humility that she could just touch the hem of his garment. And when she did, he didn't even realize what was going on, but he felt virtue leave him because she accessed something in him that he didn't even know was about to happen. And he said, who touched me? And there were all kinds of other people touching him, you see. They were bumping and jostling against each other, kind of like when you see these people in China trying to get into elevators. Ever seen those movies? Oh, my goodness, that's crazy, isn't it? They're shoving in, and then even the policemen will use the crowbar and shove them in there, you know. All these people were touching him, but they weren't getting their needs met. But this little lady, she touched him differently because she touched him in faith. And because she had a need and she was in the wrong place. She wasn't where she was supposed to be, but she reduced herself down to a lowly place and she touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus learned something. He learned, I must go low. I must decrease myself to a place of humility 
he heard and saw the father in that lady. And he said, I haven't seen this kind of faith. There was another lady that did the same thing. She said, I'm content to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table because I'm a Gentile. I know I'm not entitled to what you Jews have, but I'm satisfied. Just, just give me a crumb. And Jesus said, I, I see my father talking here. He saw another, and so he, he saw how to reduce himself, how to go to a place of lowliness. And then he saw the father talk to him again when he ran into a Roman occupying soldier because Rome was occupying Jerusalem at the time, all of the Holy Land. And there was this fellow called a centurion. A centurion means he was in charge of over 100 troops, 100 men. And, of course, you don't just have 100 men, but you have all the infrastructure that goes along with these people. So he had authority. In fact, he said to Jesus, I have the authority that all I've got to do is say the word and people will jump. They'll go and come at my beck and call. They, won't, they don't argue with me. They just do it because it's because I have the authority of Rome behind me. If they mess up, see? So I speak with authority. So he said to Jesus, because he said, my servant is ill. And so Jesus said, okay, I'll, run, I'll, I'll go on over there and, and raise him up. And the guy says, no, 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 no. You don't even need to come. All you got to do is say the word. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus heard the father say something there, and he realized, you know what? I just need to say the word. So he learned, he learned lowliness. He learned how to hear God say, all you've got to do is talk to your problems. Don't let them talk to you. You got an issue? Say the word. And Jesus exercised it. He tried to demonstrate it to his disciples when they were out in a storm out on the Sea of Galilee. What did he do to the storm? He spoke to the storm. Did he pray and say, oh, God, help us? No, he didn't do that. You know what he did at Lazarus' tomb? Did he pray and say, oh, God, please raise Lazarus up? No, he didn't. He talked to the dead person, and he told them what to do. You see, God, Jesus began to learn things. He could of his own self do nothing. He only do what he he only did what he saw the Father do, and he saw the Father manifest himself in his Creation, created beings made after his own image. And brothers and sisters, Jesus did that to demonstrate how you can do it too. He's not, he wasn't exclusive in saying, I can do it and you can't. No, you can do it too. And you ought to do it too. In fact, he wants you to do that. <clears throat> yeah, you, you, you got it? Dolores, got it? Okay. Dolores is my cousin, and we have this, you know, we just, we do, we banter back and forth like that. She's always talking to me. She says, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. So this one I got you on first. All right. For what things soever he doeth, these also doth the Son likewise. You are a son, beloved, now are we the sons of God, Right? It doesn't appear what we shall be, but there's some things that ought to be apparent to what we are right now. 
And you ought to be able to do what Jesus demonstrated. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, you talk to yourself plenty enough and tell yourself how miserable you are. Why don't you start talking to yourself and tell yourself how amazing God is in your life? And you know all the struggles and troubles. Oh, my lumbago. Well, talk to your lumbago instead of letting it talk to you, right? I don't even know what that is, by the way. Sounds funny, though, doesn't it? <coughs> For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. That's pretty interesting. For as the Father raised up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Didn't Jesus say to you, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils? You don't pray and say, Lord, if it be thy will. I already know what the will of the Father is. He's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Jesus went around doing good, healing all that were sick. No, 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 it doesn't say that. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That's where sickness comes from. It's oppression. Speak to that oppression. Excuse me. Good thing there's uh, nobody sitting there. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <clears throat> It's like one preacher that uh, he the, finally the congregation just put a, a big bouquet of flowers there so that he could, you know, keep them watered. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> For the Father judgeth no man. Do you understand this? Who's the Father? God the Father. He doesn't judge anybody. Did you know that God doesn't judge people? The Father judges no man, but he has committed all judgment unto the Son. So Jesus has been given a, the commission to judge people. But, uh, and so, uh, but I have to do this because I don't know how far I'm going to get today, so I'm going to jump with you uh, because if you will jump with me just momentarily toward the end of the chapter to verse number 45 and look at this. <coughs> because Jesus says, don't think that I will accuse you to the Father. Now, God gave Jesus the right to make judgments and accusations, but Jesus says, I'm not even going to judge you. Well, isn't that interesting? He says, for there is one that accuses you, even Moses, whom you trust. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. If you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? You know, a lot of us are going to get condemned by our own words. You don't have to worry about Jesus coming down on you. You'll come down on yourself. Amen? He is a righteous judge. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not going to one day judge because there's going to be the great white throne judgment, but that's another subject. Let's keep going here. <clears throat> That all men, verse 23, should honor the Son even as they honor the Father, that he honoreth not, he that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which he hath sent, which sent him. Verily, verily I say unto you, 
He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Do you get what that's saying to you? You and I need to quit going back and forth. When we pass from death to life, don't go back to death anymore. Don't go back into condemnation anymore. There is no more. Well, there's no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus who don't walk after the flesh anymore. Well, sometimes we find ourselves doing it, but we're we are people who walk after the flesh. Have, have you ever had these goofy dreams? How many get goofy dreams? Sometimes, once in a while, right? Not all dreams are from God, and not all dreams are from the devil. Some dreams are just, like Solomon said in Proverbs, from the multitude of business, whatever business. If it's been monkey business, then you probably, you know, you're going to have those kind of dreams. But sometimes I'll get, the, I'll get the dumbest dreams, and they're not prophetic. They're just dumb. And, you know, I've, what I found myself doing from time to time I'll wake up and I'll sit up in bed and I'll go, for real? Have you ever, you, I don't know if you've ever done that, but I'll sit up and I'll go, are you serious? I, I, and I will dismiss that stupid dream and I'll go to sleep and I won't mess with it anymore. You know what, you and I, you and I need to do that. You and I need to start taking authority over the stuff we think. You understand that? Everything, every little thing that passes through your mind, you don't have to sit there and cogitate on it. Let it go in one ear and out the other. All right? See, not everything that you think is what you think. Some of the stuff you think is what you think. But let me just say this to you. I doubt whether anybody in this room has, an original, has ever had an original thought. Think about that for a minute. I'll bet you there's not a person in here that's ever had an original thought. Everything that you think and perceive to be normal and real is what you've learned somewhere from somebody, some way. Just think about that for a minute. It's not original. There's no original th thought. Everything that you think has been programmed into you by one means or another throughout your lifespan from the cradle to where you are now. And you've made a decision somewhere along life's road to believe or not to believe certain things. And where you are now is because you made decisions to believe a certain way and that's the way you think right now. But I can talk to you about other people in other cultures that think totally different from you. Liz and I were on a safari in Africa, in the Masimara. That's where the Lion King was made, all right? And we were talking to one of the Maasai warriors who was our guide. And we thought, well, man, he should be armed, but all he had was a spear. See, because the Maasai tribe, in order for you to become a man, you have to kill a lion by, by yourself. So you can't even get married until you've killed a lion by yourself with a spear, see. 
Now, sometimes the guys will help in the modern day. They'll help each other out so the guy can kind of get into. But, you know, they have an interesting way of thinking because we g my wife was talking to him about his, about his wife and, you know, wanted to know about his family and stuff like that. So he was explaining to her about his wife and family. And he says, well, I have two wives. And he said, uh, and she says, well, um, you know, tell me how you, how you fell in love w when you started dating. And he says, we don't marry somebody that we love. We don't know what love is. He said, I can remember one time, I think I had a crush on a little girl uh, a while back, but my dad told me, don't marry somebody that you love because you'll never be able to control her. Now, there's a thought. It's not an original thought, but it's one that their culture made them think. So you marry somebody for the purpose of cleaning your house, cleaning your laundry, and having babies for you. That is the purpose of having a wife. But he said, my wife gave me permission to marry my second wife because she said, I'm tired and I need some help. So marry another one. Somebody younger, because I want to take it easy. Now, I'll bet you never thought of that one either, did you? So you see, original thinking can vary depending on how you grow up. So after a few minutes of this kind of thing going around, my wife just said, well, maybe we'll talk about something else. Because, see, she's, she likes watching Hallmark movies and stuff like that, right? <clears throat> and I haven't seen any Hallmark movie with that storyline in it. I've seen a lot of them. So let's go back to the Word of God because that's better than this. The hour cometh, verse 25, Verily, verily I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is. So if it was now back in his day, for sure it's ours too. When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear it shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself. Do you know what the source of life is? God. In him was life, the Bible says in, in John chapter 1. In him is life. All life comes from God. Nothing without him, nothing that is made is made. Without him, not anything was made that was made. He is the source of life. I don't care if it's animal life, plant life. You know, even rocks have life. In fact, the scripture says if you and I don't praise him, you're going to discover that rocks have life. Because what are they going to do? They're going to cry out and praise him. So I don't care what kind of life it is. It comes from God. Now... When you go down to whatever shopping center you go to and you buy a beefsteak, well, it had life at one time, right? But that life returns to God because out of him always flows life. And one day, the life is going to go out of this old body, but that doesn't mean life stopped. It just means that life went back to him. But one day, I've got news for you. And it's the same applies to you, that this body is destined for a resurrection and glorification. So I'm going to come back in my prime, whatever that was. 
and you too, whatever that was. Hallelujah. That's encouraging to me. You know that? That's encouraging to me. <clears throat> the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given the Son to have life in himself. So if the Son has life in himself and the Son is living inside of you, inside of you is the source of life. Hallelujah. I ought to, you ought to get excited about that. You, you have something <coughs> residing inside of you <coughs> that is much greater than what you're settling for. Hallelujah. And he has given him authority to execute judgment also because he's the son of man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth they that do good unto the resurrection. The resurrection of life. That's what we were just talking about. But those that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. That's what it says, right? I can, here's the second time he said it. The first time was in verse number 19. Now he's saying it again. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is true. My judgment is just because here's why God, here's why Jesus' judgment is right. And, and again, I'm reminding you. Jesus isn't telling us this so that he can talk about how wonderful he is and bear witness of himself. He's telling you these things because he expects you to access this kind of way of living yourself. So he says the reason why I can make correct judgments about things is because I don't seek my own will. But I seek the will of the Father which has sent me. You will make better decisions if you're trying to seek God's will instead of your own. If, if your decision-making is all based on what you think is best for your life, and for your family, you're going to make bad decisions, bad judgments. But if you want to be a person that makes the correct judgments about things, then make sure that you are involving yourself in not seeking your will but the will of the Father. Make sense? That's a key, that's a, a key to, li to living right there. <laughs> a lot of people could live by. If I bear witness of myself, he says, my witness is not true. There is another that bears witness of me. And I know that the witness which he witnesses is true. Now watch carefully here. <laughs> he said, I know of somebody that did bear witness of me, and, and his witness is true. And guess who that is? He tells you. <clears throat> John, you said unto me, ye sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. But Jesus says, even though John bore witness of me, and he bore a true witness, I do not base my worth on what people say. I receive not the testimony of men, he says in verse 34. I don't receive anything that people say about me. 
Now, this is Jesus talking about something good that was said about him. But he says, I don't base anything of my life or my worth or my value on what people say about me. That's pretty important right there. You need to pay attention to that. Because you know what? A lot of people's happiness is dependent upon how people think about them, what people think about them. Do you know so many people are so concerned about what everybody's thinking about them? They take all these selfies and, and, they, t and they get all dressed up. You know what, you know what it amazes me sometimes? I'll, I'll go into town or I'll go to some event where people are all dressed up and I'll look at the people and I'm thinking to myself, every one of these people spent, especially the women and even the men, a considerable amount of time to get themselves to look like they look right now. And you know what? None of them are looking at each other. They're only thinking about themselves. So they got all dressed up so that people could see them, but everybody else did the same thing so that everybody could see them, and so nobody sees anybody. Because all everybody wants is everybody to think that they're so great. And if your happiness and your fulfillment comes from what other people think about you, you're going to be very, 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 very disappointed and sad and unfulfilled. Your happiness, your fulfillment <laughs> should not come from what other people think about you. And if you care so much about what people think about you, you're going to be terribly disappointed. And I'll tell you, there's one other person that most of you have, you, you might be okay with not worrying about what other people think about you, but I'll bet you there is one person who you do care what they think about you, and that's you. Because you think an awful lot about you. And you know what you have to do? You have to get over yourself. Get over yourself and get over other people. <coughs> I've told you this before, but Todd White likes to say, I am so over you I'm over me. I'm so over me that I'm over you. Thank you, Sarah. She's this fact check department over here. I'm so over me that I'm over you. Are you over yourself? Don't let your dependence for happiness be in yourself or in other people. Let it be. Well, let's find out. Let's let Jesus do. Let's, let, I don't want to talk for him. If another beareth witness of me, 32, I know that witness, that he witnesses is true of me, of me is true. You sent unto John, and he bear witness of the truth, but I receive not the testimony from men, but these things I say, that you might be saved. Jesus' desire for you is that you might be saved, but you're, you're not going to come to the salvation that he wants for you if you're so concerned about what everybody's thinking about you. So he says this. Now John was a nice guy. He was a burning and a shining light. Oh, I think I added something to that, didn't I? The nice guy part. He was a burning and a shining light. And you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than John. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me. Do you understand? <clears throat> you don't need to bear witness about yourself. 
you don't need to get the uh, you don't need to get the accolades from anybody else. Your fulfillment should come from doing what God wants you to do. The doing the works of the Father ought to be what bear what bears witness to your authenticity. Quiet. If your fulfillment doesn't come and your validity and your value doesn't come from doing the will of the Father, then maybe that's something you need to look into a little deeper. Amen? Now watch. Let's go on because so here, here's we're going to boil this down into three things. There are three things that bear witness to who Jesus was. It wasn't himself. It wasn't people, even good people. But the first one that bears witness of himself and ought to be the thing that bears witness and brings your validity and your value is doing the will of the Father. All right? And here's the second one. Verse 37. The Father himself hath sent me, who, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. You know, it's what he thinks about you that really matters. Not what anybody else matters. Now, can I tell you a little secret about myself? Now, this is something that not many people know. I don't tell this to a lot of people. So, I want you to just keep this as your little secret. Now, you know something about me that nobody else knows, all right? There are only two things that matter to me in this world. I'm going to tell you what, and I'm being serious now. I know I've been joking around a little bit. I'm serious with you right now. There's only two things that matter to me in this world. Is that and I pray this all the time. Father, may nothing that I do or say ever bring dishonor to your name. That's all I care about. I want people to come to know who he is. And the second thing is this, <coughs> that when I stand before him, <coughs> one of the things that I do not want to hear him say is depart from me. I never knew you. Now there's a lot of people that have a lot of friends. They're very famous. They're very wealthy. They've got all kinds of things going for them. What a disaster when they stand before God and God says, everybody else knows you, but I don't know who you are. Depart from me. You worker of iniquity. It's more important to me what he, that he knows me and I could give a care about anybody else knowing me. I couldn't care less. That's a dumb saying, isn't it? I couldn't care less. I've never figured that one out. But anyway, that he knows me is the most important thing. You see, so what Jesus is saying is my validity comes from doing the will of the Father, but also my validity comes because he knows who I am. It's impo more important that the Father bears witness of me than anything else. This is Jesus talking. So if it's important for Jesus to have the, have the stamp of approval of the Father, then it ought to be for you too. Now let's hurry along here. The Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. He hath neither heard, you, but you have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And you have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent, 
Him ye believe not. You believe in people who God did not send. And you believe their word about you instead of what God's word is about you. Now watch this. The third source of Jesus' witness of his validity is this. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you find eternal life, but these are they, the multitude of which speak about me. Well, I didn't quote it too good. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. They are they which testify of me. The scriptures testify of Jesus. The will, his doing the will of the Father, the Father himself, and the scriptures. You say, now, but the scriptures don't have any, the scriptures don't talk about me the way they talked about Jesus. Oh, yes, they do. Oh, yes, they do. What does God think about? What is God's opinion of you? This book is full of what God's opinion is about you. What was the whole purpose for Jesus coming into the world? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish that have, have ever, but have everlasting life. God didn't send his son in the, into the world to condemn the world, but that the whole world through him might be saved. That's the purpose of what God, that's God's desire and purpose, is that the world should be saved. He's not, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This is the will of God. And are you included in that? Of course you are. So you know what? It's more important what God thinks about you and it's important that you know what the Scripture says about you. Your validity, your authenticity, ought to come from the Scripture. Hallelujah. I hope my fact checker comes back. All right. Or else I'm flying solo. You have to take what you get. I'm just teasing you. That's my daughter, Sarah, and she's, a, she's an amazing girl. We have a strange and wonderful relationship. I'm strange and she's wonderful. But when she's around, I say it the other way. Search the scripture, for in them you think you find eternal life, but these are they which testify of me. And the scriptures are testifying about you too. And it's more important to know what God says about you than anything else. And you will not come to me for that you might have life, I receive not honor from men. See, there it is again. Jesus will not receive honor from people. He's more concerned about what God says about him, what the scriptures say about him, and him doing the will of the Father. And you ought not to seek the honor of men either. Amen? That's why you'll not see any certificates hanging on my walls. Some people like to hang their certificates on their walls. Mine are in boxes somewhere. I have no idea where. And I could care less. Because I don't care what people say about me. How about you? Oh, well, I have so many likes. I've got a gazillion friends. Do you really? See, if that's where your, if that's where your validity comes from, you're, you're pretty sad pretty sad but you know what we have a whole culture worldwide that that's how they live and if, if they don't if somebody puts a puts a bad post about them then their whole life is down the toilet you know 
But I know you, that you have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and you don't receive me. But if somebody else comes in their own name, you'll receive them. You know what a bio is? People have bios about themselves. It's, it's their, what, their biography or something? It's their bio. You know who writes those? <laughs> People write them about themselves. Well, I have so many degrees, and, you know, I've, it's like, it's like Johnny Cash. Well, I've been everywhere, man. Right? That's how people are. <coughs> See, I'm preaching to a senior congregation. You know what I'm talking about. Don't pretend you don't. <laughs> but you see, we will receive somebody that toots their own horn. And we go, oh, my, you must be amazing. But you know what? Everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time, just like you do. And that's very important to understand. How can you believe which receive honor one from another? And seek not the honor that comes from God only. Did you, did you hear what that said? Let me read it to you again, because I think it might have gone over your head. How can you believe which receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that comes from God only. You oughtn't, you oughtn't to care about what anybody says except what he says about you. What does he say about you? Do you know what he says about you? I know the thoughts that I think about you, saith the Lord. This is, this is, in, this is in Psalms, I believe. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of good, not evil. To give you a future and a hope. That's what God thinks about you. And that ought to be all that matters. Because he's the only one that can do anything for you to help you anyway. People, you know what? As soon, have, you, have you ever been around people? I, this irritates me. I'll be at, an, I'll be at a, uh, a dinner or a group gathering or something, and somebody will come up and talk with me, and we're having a good conversation, and I notice that their eyes are darting across the room, and all of a sudden they see somebody who they are more impressed with than me, and all of a sudden they're gone to the other side of the room. Have you ever noticed that? Somebody more important comes in the room, and so they're gone. You found another and you were gone, right? Because so many people want the acclaim of other people instead of God. It, ought, it only should matter to you what God thinks about you. Do not think that I came to accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuses you, even Moses, in whom you trust. For had he, had you believed in Moses, you would have believed in me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how are you going to believe my words? And I got only seven minutes left to do Philippians. Fasten your seatbelt. I'm going to try and to see if we can do this, all right? Here's what Paul broke it down and said about what Jesus had to say. Because, you know, it's not enough for us to just hear what I've told you without us having a, what's the conclusion of the matter? 
Paul brings us to a beautiful conclusion in his writing to the Philippians in chapter 2, for he says, <coughs> verse number 3 of chapter 2 of, Philipp of Philippians, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. You get that? <laughs> and isn't that exactly what so many people are trying to do in the world today? They, they can't get attention unless they're stirring up the pot or they have, they're participating in vain glory. Look at me. Look at me. Aren't I something? Don't let anything be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, esteem others better than yourself. That's flip-flop of the way the world is today, isn't it? Everybody wants to esteem themselves better than other people, but in lowliness of mind, you need to be willing to touch the hem of his garment. And we're going to get to something real powerful here, so don't fall asleep on me. Look not, on every man in it, look not every man on his own things, but look every man on the things of others. Now, he's not saying that so that you will covet them. No, but look after your neighbor instead of being so self-absorbed all the time. That's what he's saying, right? Look not, on every, look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this way of thinking be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Now, you want to know what was in Christ Jesus' mind? Here's, here's a look into the mind of Christ. And, Paul says, this is the way you ought to think about things, the same way as Jesus thought about them. Here's how Jesus thinks about stuff. Who, being in the form of God, was Jesus in the form of God? Absolutely. He was the Word. He was God made flesh. Being in the form of God, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In fact, he said to the disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So his equality with God was not a secret. But he made himself of no reputation. Just the opposite of what people are doing in the world today. Oh, my reputation, my great reputation, right? Jesus made himself of no reputation, and he took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of humanity, like us. God made flesh and was made of no reputation, was made in the likeness of man, and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, and not just death, but the most humiliating death at that time, which was the death of the cross. And because of that, because of his willingness to bring himself low, God did something for him, and that was that God exalted him. You see, if you're concerned about self-exaltation, you're not going to get anywhere. Be more concerned about God-exaltation. Wherefore, God highly exalted him and hath given him a name which is above every name. 
Hallelujah. Which is above every name. That is the name of Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. <laughs> this, hi, Simone, I'm glad to hear you back there. When Simone says amen, I know I'm on the right track. God will exalt you if you will seek his will. Be more concerned about what he's got to say about you. Find the revelation of who he says you are in the scripture, you'll find yourself in a place that you wanted to be anyway, and that was exalted. But his exaltation will beat the socks off of human exaltation any day of the week. Hallelujah. Now let me skip. Verse number 12. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is something that's a personal thing between you and the Lord. You're going to have to work this out yourself. Don't be so concerned about all the stuff that everybody's saying. Let this word speak to you. And you work it out between you and God and the word. With, and do it with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. God's got a plan for you. God's plan for you is so far above anything that you could imagine for yourself. You know, over and over, this thought comes to me where the scripture says, ask, and I will give the desires to your heart that you ought to have. It says, ask, and I'll give you the desires of your heart. But what it's saying is, ask me, so that you'll have the right kind of desires in your heart. I want to give your heart the things that it ought to desire. And you know what? When, when you beginning to desire the way God wants you to desire, you'll begin to, you'll begin to have his desires as your heart desires, and you'll do the will of the Father, and you'll understand what God has to say about you. And you'll see yourself in the scripture because now it's not your desires. It's his desires that live in you. And you know what? He will give you then the desires of your heart. Because he wants to see his will done. And everything you ask, you'll get. <laughs> you see, that's a whole different way of interpreting the scripture. A lot of people think that God's going to give you everything you ask for. He'll give you everything you ask for. There's nothing he'll hold back as long as your desires are his desires or his desires are your desires. Then you don't even, you know what? You don't even have to have faith for something that's already yours. You know that? Suppose you had a million dollars. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, just, um, just imagine you had a million dollars and you saw something that you really wanted in the store, and it was a thousand bucks. Would you have to have faith to buy it? Would you? No, because why? Because you have you that that's like you know, nothing. But what if you only have five bucks in your wallet? 
Now, it's a whole different story. Now you're going to have to either get a job or borrow it from somebody or have a lot of faith. But you don't have to have faith for something that you already have, do you? And do you understand that we're supposed to be called as ministers of reconciliation? So we reconcile, we're be ye reconciled unto God. All right, let's hurry up. For it is God which willeth both to do, to will and to do his good pleasure. Skip to verse 15. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the middle of a crooked and perverse nation. How many would say that we live in a crooked and perverse world? Yeah, absolutely. But God wants you to live in this crooked and perverse world and not be influenced by it, but influence it. Hallelujah! You are not thermometers. You are thermostats. You don't just go around telling what the temperature is. You change the temperature. Your presence, when you walk into the room and the Holy Spirit in you is greater than he that's in the world, you walk into a place and instead of being influenced by it, you change the temperature. Hallelujah. That's how he wants you to live. In the middle of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Hallelujah. When you walk into a room, you turn on the light switch. You're the light switch. You, you, you change the situation. <clears throat> Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I may not run in vain, neither labor in vain. I got to stop because it's after 12. And you guys, you won't like me. <clears throat> Was it, was it okay? Did you catch it all right? Did I try to keep you from falling asleep? So what are the things? Do we care for self-aggrandizement? No. We care more about what the, what the, uh, the will of the Father is to bear witness for us, scriptures, and the Father himself. Those are the only things that you ought to be concerned about. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for giving us vision, clarity, how to live in a crooked and perverse world. In Jesus' name. Now, the Lord may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You shall bring forth fruit in your season. Your leaf shall not wither, 
and whatsoever you do shall prosper. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, unto him who is able to keep you from falling and who is able to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God be glory and honor and dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Go in victory. Go in triumph. Love one another. We'll see you tonight at 630. Bless you, bless you, bless you in Jesus' name. <clears throat>